worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Hey everybody, how you doing? It is Thursday and that means we're coming at you with another episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything pop culture, everything social media, everything Lego, everything Star Wars, everything comics, everything comic books. Well, they are comics. Hey, anyhow, we're going to be talking to you about a lot of stuff this week. It's I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler. hey it's also worth noting, I gotta say, that we don't have a winner to announce this week. Boris has that, and he got called out at the 11th hour due to an emergency. This isn't us ducking out of it, it's just pushing it back a week. Um, we're not extending entries. I just didn't want anyone to listen to this and be like, but my opera entry! <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, we've already let the date slide. But yes, the, the emails are in. We haven't been predisposed to them. And like Tyler was mentioning, Boris got pulled away on a personal matter. Mm-hmm. So we have blown the dust off of the microphones and uh, put our host and co-hosting hats on to bring this week's episode. But hey, first things first, what have you been up to, Tyler? All I do now is is <laughs> renovate my house and play Deathloop. Oh, Deathloop. Oh, my. That's like my, I, I literally, I have everything solved. I know how to do, I know how to finish the game. And it's merely a matter of, I am at this point now. What do you know about, do you know much about Deathloop? I don't know a lot. I know that it's well reviewed. Okay. I, I know that it probably isn't my type of game. I, I know that there's a lot of high praise for it. Did you ever play Dishonored or Prey? Yes. Yes. If you liked either of those, this is your kind of game. I got probably 20 minutes in each of those games and never touched them again. That's not for you. <laughs> exactly. That's fine. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's very much the people who made those games made this and this is their like, oh, they're getting better. Yeah. Um, one of the mechanics of the game is that there are only two people who are aware of the time loop. Uh, the main character and a woman named Juliana. Mm hmm. And that's the multiplayer component is other players can play Juliana and invade your loop. Mm. Wow. Because she's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to this point where minimum twice a day, I'm getting Juliana, like day in game, not real day, like right. in game days, you have one day that's on a loop. I'm getting at least two Juliana attacks. Oh, wow. And it's 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 screwing me up. Um, <laughs> I know what to do, but I haven't really get there yet. As for innovations, I mean, our basement's going to be balling by the end of November, but it's just we're in that state now of I'm yeah. just like, I pulled out all of the ducting from our house. Oh my goodness. We're getting off of forced air. We're going to baseboards and like... Wow. We've, we, um... We ran some back the napkin math, and we are going to functionally double the livable area of our house. Wow. Good for you guys. That's how much of the basement was just like, you lost so much to ducting and poor design and this and that. So, Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Good for you guys, though. That's really Thank awesome. You. Um, how about yourself? Oh, my goodness. I, the, one, the one nice feature that I like about Xbox mm-hmm. is that it passive aggressively pits you against your friends list for achievements on the month. Ah, so you can go to your friends tab and you can see which ranking you're in Mm. on the month. And most of my friends now on that list, because it's probably my, 
you know, one of the longest playing consoles I have in terms of the continuous support. Yeah. In the OS and everything. Um, most of those people are knowingly or unknowingly in a massive race with me as I race myself to get the highest gamer score I can per month and finish number one. So it's gotten to the point now where I'm like hitting game pass and just grabbing any, everything and anything and playing it. So I played Edith Fitch or Finch, Edith Finch this week. Oh yeah. Which was a walking game by Anna pure. And I've got to say that was a great game. I ended up enjoying that way more than I should have. It was a great narrative driven it's old. It's old, but it's great narrative driven, interesting um, and touching end. It really like moved me a little bit. So I was happy with that. But on top of that, I'm just hitting like everything right now and just playing it and trying out everything I can off Good of these you. indie titles and whatnot. And it's never been something that I've do- dove into before. So when I was when we were talking about the stuff with with prey and whatnot. The only reason why I abandoned those games is the complexity factor was pretty hard up front and dishonored Mm -hmm. as well, um, which I didn't adopt well to that curve. And especially with prey, it felt it started to feel more horror based. And that doesn't always vibe well with me. Now it's the right combination of horror with sci-fi, but yeah, there was there was this creep out point for me that I was like, okay, I want to explore this world, but I'm I'm hitting the wall. Yeah, I mean, I I remember to play through Prey personally. I was I was interested by the story, but I wasn't having I wasn't having as much fun bashing my head against the game at higher difficulties. So yeah. I did crank the difficulty down on that one to get through it. Oh, interesting. And and like you've played Returnal, so. And yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it was it was not it was not that I had it. I I found it like too hard. It's that for how hard it was, I wasn't having fun. Yeah. Um, I, I can appreciate that. And and, and I think a hundred percent part of it was like some of the cool powers and stuff. The game is a little bit stingy up front with within prey. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. I didn't have any of the cool stuff yet, so I wasn't having fun. And then I just, you know, you get st- you put it into another easier difficulty, then you just don't turn it off the easier difficulty. Right. I was on the easiest. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what the hell? Uh, I, I did finish this week um, The Artful Escape. Oh, yeah. And I, again, quite enjoyed that game. Um, it was It was one of these, you know, similar to the Edith Finch thing it's a walking game by the same company you know a walking around like the same distributor put it that way uh walking around game and whatnot and music and a story but it, it's i i'm i feel compelled with this type of game for some reason because i feel like it's a way to tell a story uh in a medium that's a little bit different than watching netflix yeah and whatnot i'm engaged i'm i'm interacting you know it's side scrolling or it's walk about that type of thing definitely with games like prey and death loop and whatnot it's more first person shooter yes and they have their times and places too don't they mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh i guess we're coming up on it, it is getting to be officially nutty season on the video game front in the sense that uh battlefield i think was pushed by a little bit this week the new battlefield game but it's still coming out this year. I think it got pushed a week or something to beginning of November. But we've got uh, Forza Horizon 5. We've got Halo Infinite coming out in December. Forza Horizon coming out at the beginning of November. Depending on which version you release, you get early access. There's a lot of big video games. You know, Call of Duty, the perennial time of year. The new FIFA is out, FIFA 22 seeing a lot of stuff like that and i know we haven't touched on it in a while but i'll bring it up anecdotally here the box office seems to be saying well covid be damned mm-hmm. with the numbers that are coming in with shang chi which i know what you saw and we never actually talked about and as well i guess um what was this week's new marvel movie 
technically Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, yeah. Like, these box office numbers are pretty good. Yeah, they're getting back to where, we were, where, where people were hoping to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I'm surprised that the appetite is there so soon, but... I mean, I, guess... I, I know people who are already traveling internationally and shit again. I know a guy... I have a guy who's been going to concerts, like, internationally for wow. six months now. And I'm like, I don't. I, you know, wow. if if this person gets COVID, I will not be surprised. Hmm. Well, it's a risk, right? Like, yeah. Even with all this vaccination and whatnot, it, it's it's a tough thing. <laughs> Speaking of vaccinations and risk and people maybe not knowing much about reality, we got two big news topics today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk first about Facebook going down for six hours earlier this week. <laughs> Did you try to use Facebook this week? This is the funny thing, folks. We use a Facebook chat group to talk. Yeah. And I realized I have no way to communicate with Tyler. <laughs> Discord. Yeah. But then I thought Discord, you know, like there, there is a way. But it was just funny because I'm like, oh, I'll just hit up WhatsApp. Oh, crap. That's why my friends on WhatsApp aren't responding. Yeah. And then increasingly, you know, Instagram's becoming this message hub. And that's not up because they're all owned by Facebook, right? Like we're talking about a pretty big component of their back room server stuff got taken out to take down all three platforms, which made for a crazy Monday. Like it was probably my most productive Monday ever. And I loathe Facebook. (laughs) So uh, how did you find that outage, Tyler? I mean, I was, I was, I was renovating. I, I, yeah. you know what it was? Is it's, I just didn't get anyone messaging me for a while while I was renovating. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's interesting to see because I think collectively as a group, we all realized how much this application or set of applications actually occupies our daily attention, mm-hmm. right? Like, their their absence was definitely noticeable and even on a low usage user like myself. So I can only imagine people and businesses that rely on this because I know that there's a trend in the tech industry and it's not necessarily with the big companies, but it is on the smaller scale companies where they've abandoned a lot of communication infrastructure over the years and started relying on things like WhatsApp, which have a desktop element as well as a mobile phone element, and the two are compatible. So I can only imagine how much this actually cost directly or indirectly to people, right? Um, As far as that goes. So Byron agrees. Yeah, exactly. Byron is not loving the monopoly that Facebook has. Yeah. um... And, And then people immediately, like watching CNN, I, I flip CNN on watching CNN. They were almost immediately and CBC were almost immediately saying, is there some link between the 60 minutes interview that happened Sunday night with the whistleblower? Is this coincidence that Facebook is down the next day? They, I mean, I think so. You think so? You think I that think so. they intentionally pulled an outage? No, I mean, to to what? And right, like Facebook had a 5% drop in their market value that it hasn't rebounded from. And this has actually led to more coverage yeah. on, on Facebook's problems. Um, you know, one of the problems that one of the problems, one of the issues I've, I've harped on before for anyone is, you know, if you are dependent upon any of these online platforms to make your money, like, and they go away or they all of a sudden change the deal with you. Like it sucks, yeah. but that's, what's going to happen. And I mean, you know, I, I don't think that. I mean, it's a publicly traded company, even though Mark Zuckerberg is the majority shareholder. Um, I, I don't I mean, I don't think that it's, it's one of those situations where I think it's easier to assume idiocy than malice. Yeah. Um, you well, know, they seem to insinuate on these, especially on CNN at the time, 
I mean, that, CNN that possibly like they, they were they were keeping their distance on it, as we all should. Right. Like it's speculation. But they were just like, is there a relationship between this whistleblower thing and the outage? I, I don't mean, think there is other than, you know, it was a poorly timed event that happened with the back room or with yeah. the backbone. It, it it definitely made it worse, if anything, because like you say, now we're talking about it more, right? Like as well, we also had this whistleblower go in front of Congress on yeah. Tuesday. And, and further, I mean, I don't think that, that you would go down and then have Mark Zuckerberg come back yesterday, two days ago, after that, to say, like, to give the, the statement he did, which I thought was very milk toast. And, you know. What did he say? Do you, can you paraphrase it? I mean, his, his paraphrase was. <laughs> his paraphrase was to literally lie or admit he doesn't know half the internal stuff his company is doing. Right. So one of the focuses of the hearing was on an internal report, like a, mm -hmm. a report Facebook did the research and generated for their own stuff that showed a negative impact on the mental health of Instagram users that are teenagers, yep. usually teenage girls. And, you know, it, it's along with the criticism of Facebook, right? That that angry people are engaged and that they sell ads. Um, yep. And Mark Zuckerberg was like, this makes no sense. This is, this is, he said, I don't know any tech company that says such build products that make people angry or depressed. The moral business and product incentives all point in the opposite direction. Which again, first of all, Ugh. is, is contrary to like, he's not responding to the evidence that's in place before him. And he's not responding to this, this growing criticism that I think is getting some increasing play. And I think rightfully it should that Mark Zuckerberg in many ways acts like Facebook is more like a, a shadow government than a corporation. Oh, that's a goal of theirs, isn't it? I mean, to be, uh, to be its own independent nation or something like that. Like it, I, it's, he's stated this stuff in the past, like to have some autonomy. He has, I, I mean, yes, he, I think that's true. He has, he has danced around it and and said it a lot of it in the way of like we couldn't say he definitely meant it because he could have been mm. joking you know but his entire thing is the the typical mark zuckerberg i mean if you've seen mark zuckerberg ever respond to any of this criticism it's the exact same of oh, like yeah. he does this this faux hand wringing of like i too am very concerned i am concerned with the rising radicalization and it's like okay but how do you respond to the report that your company defends radicals on only one side of the political spectrum. Yeah. And he's well, like, I just, I am very concerned about this. And it's very important. We hear people's voices and, and social issues yeah. are very important. And we got to talk. It's just like, you don't, he you're just not yeah. answering the question. You're doing the political sidestep, right? Like you're addressing the concern on a much different level than the questions engaging because the questions being precise. And in he this, you know, situation, the precision is based off of if let's say you're on Instagram, all right, as a teenage person, it doesn't matter, boy or girl, and you see a weight loss ad mm -hmm. and then you click on that weight loss ad. Like I, I got to tell you folks, Instagram is tricky. Like there are times I see product placements that are ads and I touch them and then it brings me to a place where I can purchase it. And I got to say, sometimes I do. If it's mm -hmm. the right product, if the algorithm is dialed. All right. So, but let's say a kid sees a weight loss ad, clicks on it, and now they're inundated with weight loss ads. Well, now I mean, the algorithm yes. starts targeting their insecurity. Not even that. I mean, the other side of it being the, the tendency for the, the algorithm to like, <sighs> there are academic papers out there that show the, the, Algorithm specifically benefits conspiratorial worldviews. Yes, and and there is an ecosystem that I I even hesitate to say is. I find it weird to call it 
right wing because it is it is i think largely nihilistic of these mm. people who are just like they want to burn it all down and the QAnon people like i don't even think they're right wing anymore i think they're just i don't even know the i mean he has all these defenses of like we have more people policing our content than any than any tech company including the ones larger than us yeah hey phil what company that's a large. tech company generates more user content than facebook i honestly can't like maybe like i don't even think it holds a candlestick to facebook but the only one that isn't facebook that generates that type of content would be maybe twitter oh twitter's not think... even, twitter is not even the top 10 my friend my goodness <laughs> Fate. Facebook's comparing itself to Amazon. And, okay, Apple. I was gonna and say it's like, Amazon that is Apple. not the same. They're, They're yeah, not social th media. That's not like, I'm taking the question that you're giving me literally about user generated content. You know, I guess with Amazon, it's reviews. Maybe that gets that classification and the same with Apple, like people sure. reviewing stuff. But that's sure, not, but... I don't, I don't review a, my experience with an Amazon product and say, oh, I really didn't like the mouse I ordered. Oh, and I'm I'm a flat earther. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to declare something personally. I'm not okay. Or Just you, so we're clear. Or you are, and no one's going to see it, right? Like part of yeah. it is who's going to see it. Yeah, because because there's no like the algorithms that are employed by Amazon and whatnot. At least from the cursory glancing that I've done, are mostly regional based. Here are yeah. other people from Canada who reviewed this product. Like that's what? as zeroed in as it gets. And yeah. the government is now talking about the fact that, okay, whistleblower comes and, and she basically deliberately put this out there yeah. where she said, when we found out tobacco companies were lying and they knew tobacco was bad and yet they were still selling it, we regulated the industry. When we found out that seatbelt saves lives, we regulated the industry. So seatbelts became mandatory. And she's basically saying, I'm, coming forward with all of these documents and these this proof that internally generated documents so even for mark zuckerberg to say i'm the ceo i don't control everything which to a point i can agree but Here's if you're generating position. a report that yeah. specifically outlines harm to other human beings mm -hmm. you're either negligent at your job or lying right and like if you're yeah. not involved in the fact that you're customers are dying but your ad revenue is increasing yeah like that's a fundamental moral disconnect i agree and i think that a big part of it you know is is this weird position that these ceos try to play of like i should have more money than any human has ever had accounting for inflation there are yeah. these billionaires now functionally have more power than any ruler of any ancient kingdom yeah, like Facebook has just shy of three billion users, Half so like world. a third of the planet. And and WhatsApp has another two billion. Instagram another one point. Yeah, the only like like, do you know what the only company not in the top five? That's like those are the only social media platform not in the top five. In the top five, that's not Google. Oh my god. <laughs> That's not having Facebook. difficulty with this one. That's not Facebook, is YouTube. Google to the and think about YouTube. Like and YouTube yeah. is also having this exact same problem of like Oh yeah. Like I literally in both Twitter and YouTube, I don't use Facebook anymore other than our little chat. Um I literally keep away from anything that's anti-vax or anything that's conspiratorial because I don't want the algorithm hitting me. Yeah. I only like seriously a lot of the YouTubers that I watch are really dialed into this stuff. Like Lou Later, Unbox Therapy, the local guy. And he goes on and on. He says don't use the homepage to navigate YouTube. Go to your subscription page to navigate your subscriptions. Because otherwise, you're playing right into the algorithm. You're already playing into the algorithm. So, but the minute you go to that homepage, you're getting suggested content. You're not getting what the content is that you want to watch. So on that exact point, 
that's actually one of Frances Hagen, who is the whistleblower. That's one of her recommendations. One of her recommendations is basically uh, no algorithms. Yeah. It's chronological. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like they want to be able to. Uh, one of the things that I, I heard summarized out of all of this disclosure was the idea that the government, if there was an algorithm being used, that the government could dial the settings. The ultimate decision about what the settings are are up to a regulatory committee, not up to Facebook. So they're saying if you're skewing to a negative or dangerous place for the audience, for the for the the users, right? If you're skewing towards that, then you it has to be unskewed. It has to go to a more morally neutral or positive place, regardless of what the uh uh the effect is on your revenue, your ads and your revenue. I mean, I think the bigger thing that we have to go back to, and I feel like keeps getting forgotten as part of this conversation is Facebook enabled and supported a literal genocide in Myanmar. Yeah. Like if nothing else, we have proof. We have, we have Facebook has already admitted multiple times. Like this is the two step Facebook always does. And really all tech does right now because we have governments that are unwilling to do anything about it. And it's basically yep. like, you're right. When, when, when they're confronted with unassailable evidence, they go, you're right, messed up, we should do better. Yeah. And then they create a bunch of programs, like Mark Zuckerberg does this all the time, where he, ta- he creates all these oversight programs and he creates all these ethics committees. And people from those committees are like, yeah. And then you get three months of like Mark Zuckerberg talks to you. It's very serious and like it's very important. And then like the moment the news cycle forgets about it, all your funding gets cut. Yeah. And it you you lose anything. It's like it's it's very obvious that you no. Know, well, it's hot button issues that get the attention as as far as the news cycle goes. Like heck, how can you not deny the role that they're trying to prove and and with real solid evidence but we can all anecdotally agree the role that facebook played in the january 6th assault on democracy in the states like it's happening it's happening on their home soil it's not another country it's not another it's not away from you it's happening in your own capital right for anybody in the states but for anybody in north america like which I would argue North America and Europe probably have the bulk of users because we're talking about, you know, being access to mobile networks or 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 fast internet. But these attacks like are being fueled and done to things that you care about, that to things that affect you, and they're still not taking accountability for it. Like and you know, like you're you're getting this discussion in Congress about finally legislating it. But you didn't like the January 6th thing didn't cause that discussion. Oh, they don't, you, care. Know, you know, like it, it's it's just an amazing piece of history right now because that's what it is. And we are in this awkward spot. Tyler and I were talking before the show started. We are in this awkward spot that now all we're reporting on is what we've seen and what we feel. But we don't have much more evidence uh, in in terms of the investigations are just getting going if and you know who knows how far they go well i mean i think part of this and part of the problem is we're having just to, i think hopefully wrap this up a little bit is that none of this is new mm-hmm. right like if you look back to 2016 facebook was was found in a 2017 2017 report by nbc that facebook preferences conservative groups Breitbart yeah. News was made a respected news partner. Like, Breitbart News is just, it's not real reporting. It's not real, yeah. And, and which has been around for 40 years and 100% is political bias. I'm not going to yeah. deny that. And I, I think that it's worthy of criticizing them when they, when they misstep. But like, they have a long history of legitimate investigative reporting. And there's a difference between, you know, having your bias as a journalist versus making things up. Yeah. And I feel like Mother Jones, to their credit, you know, wears it on their sleeve of like, look, we're left of center. We have some underlying views. And that's what a responsible mm-hmm. journalist does. 
But I, Facebook has 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 in 2017, in 2016, in 2018, in 2020, we keep proving that if you're a conservative on Facebook, despite all of this yelling, you have an advantage over the left. Yep. Well, and, yeah, it definitely skews right. Like that's undoubtable. Uh, not in doubt at all and it's great that there's proof you know like some documented proof or evidence but just look at what happened in the election in the states right the, the yeah. one that got donald trump there they there there's entire documentary films based around the fact that third-party companies were using facebook data to completely manipulate voters like yep. that's what all this cambridge analytics and and all of these companies really got in some hot water. And again, they did the whole, the same thing that you're talking about as a tech company. Oh, it was our bad. And then they just kind of disappear. Right. And then all those people go and start up new companies that hook into the same data. And there's no investigative response about, and this gets to my final point with all this. Yeah. It just seems like there's no way to actually regulate it because the government's and the regulatory, like the, the government that controls the regulatory body over this in its jurisdiction has no interest in understanding technology. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're just completely absent. And that's been my complaint on this show and in real life, like all the time is that it's going to take them 40 years to get up to date on the, how the world works now. And we're going to be 40 years ahead because technology moves too fast for them. Right. Like they they need to actually take something serious at some point and stop talking about doing it one day. Well, I mean, I think part of the issue to plug into that with what you're saying is, is, you know. In Canada and the United States and in Britain, which are three of the main markets for any of this. There is a there is there is at least one political party in each of these each of these countries that is very fine with facebook with a with a right-wing bias and with this yeah. level of anger and incitement and that makes it very hard to regulate it when one of your major political parties is fighting back that vociferously against it yeah that's good and point. then you look at your china your russia where facebook you know this plays ball facebook loves to play ball with a dictatorship of one form or another oh yeah it's only one person or one 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 body to answer to right yep like that's the thing that's that's the kind of division they like but you know we we didn't even talk about the idea of this leads into probably an antitrust action like what? like facebook not only we're talking about the moral dilemmas and and whatnot facebook has too much control over stuff now like all of these apps together Right. Like you have to start looking at the fact that when are when's America going to wake up? I know Europe are trying to do it on all these fronts, but going to have that Microsoft moment. From the late 90s, you know, and and say, you've got a monopoly here like this is too much. You can't keep. You know. Obtaining everything, I, I believe that there's been some recent articles or recent reporting saying that that the acquisition of Instagram actually probably violated it the most where yeah. they're starting to retrospectively investigate this and say oh th there was a lot of balls dropped on this oh yeah well I mean, we've talked before about the failure of antitrust over the last two decades mm -hmm. combined with part of why Obama won was Facebook and it was good ground game and social media in his first I believe it was his first election, right yeah and you know, it would look in bad taste for him to go back. And he was the cool, he was at the time, you know, the cool tech young president. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Trump got elected with it. Yeah. Well, I know everybody's leveraging it that way, but it's, it's just amazing to see the political skews that go into it with each, with each government, regardless of side. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a very powerful tool, man. Like we just have to look at all the anti-vaccine stuff right now, right? Like that's the majority of that misinformation 
is populating and coming off of Facebook. Like I watched the premiere of Saskatchewan today, seriously issue a press conference where he had to tell people that the current state of emergency issued by the government is not a conspiracy to grab your cattle. Like that's, this is what people, adults are typing on the internet and choosing to believe and taking horse dewormer to fight COVID. Yep. Like it's Joe Rogan times, everybody. (laughs) Oh my goodness. On that. Yes. Joe Rogan times. Let's transition to another big story, which is the Twitch leak this week. Yeah, this this quick recap for those who somehow missed this is there was a massive leak of gigabytes upon gigabytes of data, um, which Twitch has confirmed is authentic. Yeah, uh, released basically the money that most most people are making on Twitch. Most streamers. Um, the top performing, supposedly. Yes. Um, and this of is which only 3% are female, which is scary. Well, also, like, none of them are, all of them are white. Oh, jeez. But, I mean, if we look at, like, the top one is uh, Critical Role at $9.6 million to date. Um, which is he, is he the one making 400 grand a month? They make three eighty five. Oh, Jesus! Three hundred eighty five thousand dollars. It's worth noting that Critical Role is a large team and is a large project at this point. And from mm-hmm. my understanding, everyone's paid. So, what Critical Role is for those who don't know is it's a group of voice actors and actors who play Dungeons and Dragons online, and they stream it. And it has gone on to yet yeah, Phil's wearing his D and D shirt. It's gone on to spin off, and they have comics now, and their own books, and their own this, that, and the other. Uh, I'm not offended by that. Ben. I didn't even know who they were because I don't typically watch streamers. But sure. them working as a team and well, having an identity doesn't so, bother me as much on that pay scale. Well, I mean, and this is where you start to get into it is it's a team, but it does not appear to be a team of equals. Yeah, um, but that they're all agreeing to that. Like, I, I get it. I go to work. I get paid. I'm happy with what I get paid. The next guy comes in, maybe gets paid more. I, y- you know what I mean? Like, it, if, so, if anything, a leak like this exposes the fact that maybe there's a discrepancy when they say we only get 30 bucks a month, so you better be happy with your five cents. Sure. So it's first of all, this is noting that this is not including other stuff that can be bought for them, right? Right. So this well, is other, just from other stream business. revenues. Yeah. yeah. Other stream revenues can come in. They are a whole property. And it's worth noting that I mean, yeah. Matt Mercer uh, kind of screwed over Green Running Publishing. Um, this was a story I did some light reporting on years ago where he did the first Taladry book, first Critical Role Dungeons and Dragons book, where it was a much smaller thing critical role is a smaller thing that is mm-hmm. they partner with green ronin who is a i believe a canadian company that amongst other things does dungeons and dragons products and mm-hmm. they did one book sales were pretty good and then all of a sudden it was a two or a three book deal the facts aren't in front of you but all of a sudden matt mercer and other people involved you know and they kind of dragged their feet on it and they kind of dragged their feet on it and the second and third books never came out and then the month after their contract ended, they announced that they had a book almost done and ready for publication with DN, like with Wizards of the Coast, um, yeah. which is 100% one of those positions of, you know, and I, I interviewed the green running people and they didn't say anything to this extent. So no one go on them, but it, it looks very much like this is one of those instances where, you know, Matt Mercer had a contract and probably had a contract that. He kind of looked at it and he was like, I don't, I critical roles drawn faster than these guys are. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to like, I, if I break this contract, they can't afford to sue me. Yeah. And green Rooney never sued. And that Taldori book is now out of print. And I think it looks really sketchy. Yeah. 
does. This also brings up, if you look at a lot of the people involved, a lot of these people are Let's Players who play video games online. And it's it's brought people who are talking about the weird conversation around this. So Critical Role makes about $300,000 a month across multiple people. Right. And multiple revenue So there could be above that. Yes. $300,000 a month is more than every RPG company except for two or three are making. Right. And it's worth noting that there are these weird instances that come up. Um, one of the interviews and stuff I looked into about it was, if you remember from a few years ago, there was a game that came out called That Dragon Cancer. Okay. And it was streamed millions upon millions upon millions of times on YouTube. And the guy who made it is made by Numinous Games. And they've talked about how multiple streamers who streamed their game and streamed the entire story on YouTube made more money off their game than they did. Yep. Well, heck, even with this Twitch leak, right? I told you what someone I follow on Twitter who is a developer for X developer for Epic. Yeah. Specifically Gears of War, Cliff Blazinski was basically mm-hmm. like kind of p- pissed off because he's like, these people make more money streaming my game than we ever did. Yeah. Like, and we put our blood, sweat and tears into this. Like we put the hard work in you guys set up a camera and not to say that it isn't hard work streaming or anything, but come on, man. Like, so, so here's my side of it is I, I think a way to look at it is to remember a couple of steps. Uh, number one is I don't think it makes any sense to shit on the streamers for this. No. Because like, like, like it's, it's a job. Some of them have reported gruelingly hard work. Uh, if you it can't some, be good for your mental health. Like nothing in that job also, sounds appealing. It's also worth noting that there is like this whole swell of what I would call mid-tier streamers who it's mm-hmm. their job. Like it's, it's where they make their income. But they're not making millions a year. You know, they're making probably when you account for expenses and stuff, not much more than you, Phil. No, I I think, yeah, I would agree. Like, they're just earning a lifestyle. Like, they're earning enough to live. But a lot of them are working 12, 12, 15 hours a day. Yeah, they're on all the time. It's not an easy job. And like I say, there's there's high prices associated with that type of work, right? Mm -hmm. Like mental health and whatnot. Like I can shut my work down, my work laptop and be like, eh, might as well go for a soda. Like I can take a break. I can podcast. I can do whatever. But when it's a job, stuff's different. And I know this would be something that Boris and I talk about a lot. And that was in the idea that we ran a fan club for sports and like a supporters group. And the problem was, is that I saw inside the sport. Yep. And you know how every macho dude would be like, oh, I'd just love for the chance to be inside the Maple Leafs decisions or whatever your team is, you know, an NFL team, a Major League Baseball team, whatever. You sit there and you go, what kind of life would it be like to be the guy that makes the trade or be part of the team that does this for this fan base? And I got to say, it's not glamorous. It's a business. And you start learning how they treat it like a business. And that's what these streamers are dealing with, right? Because you're looking at ad revenue, clicks per minute, all this stuff. Like you're getting into the weeds about how you can monetize better and make more money so you can be happier and more comfortable in your life, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's the same with the sports and whatnot. I saw ugly sides of sports. And I I can only imagine, like, this is a little bit of a wake up call far as that goes well and i think that we instead need to criticize the system right yes of like epic is doing this new thing where they're going to make it easier for for small and medium-sized streamers to work with their games right and the game companies and the developers don't get shit from that yeah and you know it's worth remembering that Mm. none of these streamers have a legal right to do what they're doing. Right. Right. We talked, talked about copyright about this last week. Yeah. And we talked about before. You know, it it's just this weird situation right now where 
every company, every gaming company has been like the marketing's worth it. But, yeah, they, they only see the upside right now, but there's definitely a downside, right? Like at some point, when does this start becoming part of the decision? Yeah, well, and, and Twitch has started to say, like, we're going to have pay for play for who gets featured and who doesn't. Yeah. And so you're going to start to see, I think, increasing consolidation. And you're going to start to see similar to what we see on every media, including this happened on YouTube already. Yeah, right? I was going to say this already happened on YouTube, some of these changes. And yeah. even I'm just curious if you know this mm -hmm. on with Amazon specifically, which Amazon owns Twitch. Yep. I think they moved to a stream like a revenue stream on their Kindle product. Where people the ebooks, right? Because that's Amazon. Right. Mm -hmm. So the ebook end of it. So they pay the authors based on how far you read the book. Yes, that is one of the models you can publish your books in underneath Amazon, where it's and it is if you're not huge, it's an atrocious model. Oh um, yeah. Because the way it is, is it's literally uh all of the money for people who play pay for a Kindle Unlimited subscription goes into a pot. Just goes into a pot of money. Um and Amazon takes out their cut. What is their cut? Shut up. You don't get asked these kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And then they tell you what the full pot is, and then they tell you the number of pages you got read, and they give you twelve. I cents. think it, it's like it's like a ten thousandth of a penny, oh, per page read. Take the twelve cents. <laughs> so, like when I I have books that I used to have in there, my lifetime earnings for all of the stuff like that. This it's the pages read on amazon was a buck 12. oh my gosh versus this past month sort of this past month these past two weeks nope we're on the 7th of october this past week the first week of october and it's worth noting i haven't had a new book out in over nine months right so like new books are what makes you most money right like books don't yeah. have long tails right but i made 90 bucks american this month on books that I did no marketing for and whatever versus a buck 12 lifetime on Amazon. Oh, Forget oh. about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like These, I don't know. I know I come across as anti-corporation when it comes to stuff like this, but oh my gosh, I, how are people supposed to live? I mean, I'm anti-megacorporation. Yeah. Anti-megacorporation. Yeah. Let's, I'll put that title on myself. Sure. Right. I mean, I, I have a separate thing of like, I love microcorporation. This is the thing the right. British do for a quick tangent. Um, let's say let's say we wanted to incorporate this podcast because we started making some money and we were like, let's be responsible. Mm -hmm. Let's be responsible. Let's create a corporation. It'll it will all take salaries out of the out of the hypothetical money that we're making in this instance. Yeah, we will declare let's say our taxes, our yeah, earnings. Let's say we made money us doing this. Mm -hmm. Um. So so in England, that is forty nine dollars. Oh wow! In in Ontario, you're you're at three hundred and, and, and forty nine dollars is all in. That's right. like corporations have filed. Your first years of taxes are done. It's an off-the-shelf corporation. The rules are very simple to get sorted out. In Ontario, in Canada, it starts at $399, assuming mm. you can write most of the corporate documents yourself and you don't have to pay for them separately. Yeah. And that's assuming you guess right on your name the first time because, oh, yeah, that's right. We have a bunch of weird naming rules for corporations. Mm -hmm. So you can't use certain words. Yeah. Did you know you can't use the word royal in a name of a corporation or business in Canada without permission from the Queen of England? That makes sense due to our, our linkages there, but that is surprising. Yeah, well, you, the issue is, is to check that, to check whether or not your name is allowed if you don't know the rules and if you don't know it the clever way. I think it's $29, $39 a search. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. It's not free. No, I, I uh, oddly enough, Boris and I incorporated our supporters group. Yeah. 
here it's in a good Canada. call for liability protection alone that was the reason why yep. <laughs> and the funny thing was is that we were fortunate enough to have lawyers in our ranks that did oh, it yeah. for free oh yeah so we only had to pay the actual fees and they did all the writing of the charters and stuff yeah. like that like they they were able to modify our existing standing membership rules and incorporate them into a legal document that was recognized but it's complicated stuff people it's not this this england thing sounds pretty cool like to just be able to do a micro corporation on the easy yeah. Yeah. in plain language yeah basically what it is is how it's structured there is you basically go to a lawyer who just specializes in this and he'll have basically he'll have just dozens of they're called shelved corporations mm-hmm. of they've already been created they've already been registered and they already have a name but the names are all like numbers and letters right like it'll be like oh this is corporation October 10th, 7, 2021, Alpha, 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 or whatever. To be like, oh, it was it's the catchy. first one I, I, I registered that day. And then just the first <laughs> thing you do is you change the name. Yeah. I wonder if they can use Royal. <laughs> I don't think you can in the UK. I think it's even harder in the UK. Uh, there's like, there's like, look, we're going to get into weird politics. But I think that it's worth remembering. Like, there's this, there's like the other side of it too, right? Of like fan fiction gets talked about this a lot. Yes. Of you have no legal right to make fan fiction. Yeah. I, I, it's not, this is not me shooting on fan fiction people. I don't understand it, but rock on. Yeah. But at I the know, same time, right? when JK Rowling, as much as I don't love her other stuff she's done, and I think her writing's getting worse, not better, which is impressive. Um, <laughs> You know, she has a right to tell fan fiction people they she can't use they can't use her work. Yeah. No, it's 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 a thing. But it the funny thing is though, if you don't embrace it and you take that stance, it doesn't mean it's gonna go away. It's just gonna go underground, right? Like I'm sure. I mean, underground might be okay for that, right? Because if they're underground, they're not Yeah, it's not it's harder to find, not as many people are seeing it. And that might be what you want if you're JK Rowling. Um, right. The issue a lot of these smaller video game companies have is that they can't even stop these streams if they wanted to, because there's so many people who are doing it. And yeah. one of the defenses I see, and I've seen it, and I saw it in The Economist, which I was really like, really, guys? Is like, oh, but a lot of these people aren't getting paid for it. And it's like, just because you aren't getting paid for it doesn't mean you're going to break other laws. I, I, I that is true because the thing is is that I saw I, I I follow a channel on YouTube called Star Wars Theory or I used mm-hmm. to put it that way, and this guy made a Vader film. Yeah. Okay, and it was a high like to his credit, it was a damn good film. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was only about you know ten minutes long or whatever, but he poured a lot of his money into it, like mm-hmm. a lot of money, like a couple hundred grand. Sure. To get the studio time, the actors, everything like that. He wrote the script, screenplay. And anyhow, Disney actually brought an action against him because he was going to try and monetize to recoup the cost. What? And he thought that that was okay. No. And Disney came in and said, no, but they did say, as long as you don't, as long as you don't monetize this, you can do it. Well, so now he's, been... he's doing a sequel. Yeah. And he's racking up a budget of like half a million or a million bucks on this thing and just doing it through crowdfunding. Like, I'm just like scratching my head. Like, how is he crowdfunding? I'm surprised Disney hasn't gotten him on crowdfunding. Well, that's, that's the thing. thing. Like, he's doing it indirectly. He's doing it off of the popularity of his channel. He's, he's, ah. he's, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing things in such a way that it doesn't violate the agreement that he has because obviously they served him with papers. Mm-hmm. So he's found this clever way around it. And I can't speak specifically to it. The guy is notoriously shifty on these fronts. But it's just the overall thing. Well, Disney said this is okay. So now all the different, you know, cosplayers can now make a movie, put it on YouTube. And well, we're not making money. Well, but, <laughs> like, but does that still mean you can do this? Like, yeah. you're like, making an Ahsoka movie right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the other side being of like, all right, so what What if they were to. I mean, this is where you get into those instances, right? Of like, if you're playing 
Edith Finch, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. A full YouTube video of that game. Yeah. Probably, like, if that probably cuts down on sales. That directly interferes with the capacity of the developers to make money. Yeah, the stream. I, I, I find that I'm old school in the sense that I used to buy the cheat books for games yeah. and then you figured out YouTube. And I even looked up to get a couple of the achievements mm-hmm. this week. I watched a condensed YouTube video. Yep. Right. But I'm just like, this somehow feels weird. I know I've done it a lot too, but I don't know how super legal any of it is because I'm able to hear the same music that's in the game. I'm yep. pretty sure there's copyright on all this. You know what I mean? Like I did find myself sitting there going, how am I watching this public stream? You know, that anybody can look up because I do know people and I have people in my life mm-hmm. that would rather watch Twitch and watch yeah. a video game on Twitch. And that's their justification for never buying a console. It's because they can just watch someone else play the game and then they feel like they've played it. Well, and, and like to an extent, like sure. But again, I'm not going to shit on the consumer. It's this probably shouldn't be legal. There should probably be some rule. And I mean, the way I'd love to see it solved would be for, you know, let's get developers and writers to unionize and strike. Yeah. Like, like they are. Yeah. We are recording this in the middle of probably the, I think it's, I think it's, there were more strike, more people announced they're going on strike this week than I think like any year in the past 30 or something like that. Is that in the video game industry or just in general? Well, in, there's a huge film one where it's basically the crew, the IATSE is going on strike with like oh, a 90% voter turnout and a 98% support. Yeah, and I, I see the news all the time, especially in the video game industry, especially with what's going on at Blizzard, which we've never really fully flushed out or talked about. Well, the Blizzard one is such a mess because it's like... It's getting worse, right? And they're... Yeah, there's a real push to get this unionized. And Activision is the same as Amazon. They're union busting, Yep. right? And I just don't know how willing any of this is going to be from Amazon's front with this Twitch stuff, right? It's just crazy how they're the one of the big players in that that would be probably trying to kill any organization because oh, it, no, no, it no. affects their their profits. I, I don't mean Amazon people. I mean I separately they should unionize. I mean specifically here. Yeah. I think what should happen is, you know, developers at let's say like let's let's stick with Activision Blizzard should mm-hmm. unionize and should be like, we should all like we are all engaged in a creative endeavor. Yeah. Here's the terms, and if you want to stream us, but none of that. Yeah, they should be. They should go to the executives and be like, "You need to negotiate better streams." And executives, I think that it would make it would behoove them to go to these big companies and be like, "Look, our 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 people are not happy, and they're going to strike over this. So you need we're going to take a cut out of your end." Yeah. Anytime there's a video on YouTube. That is whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard video game. That's on here. We get, you know, a penny per view or whatever. Mm-hmm. My number's out of my butt. Like, I don't know if that number would actually work. But basically being like, and then you guys, you figured out with the streamer if it makes sense or not. Yeah. No, but, I, in concept, I, I just worry about these huge over, like these mega corporations like Amazon who owns Twitch. Yeah. And owns the internet backbone. Like the AWS. And own, you know what I mean? Like and same with Google. If they're going to talk about YouTube and they're going to talk about content creators, but then they're controlling the digital world, it's well, hard I mean, to get good faith discussion right. in that environment even in a unionized way, right? Like it's hard to leverage these companies to do the right thing when it's fundamentally doing the right thing might not be in what they perceive as the right thing to do. Well, I mean, separately, we probably got to break these companies, which is getting yes. back to my previous thing. It's like, we basically got to break these companies. And, and part of the data theft that went on now, this is the first disclosure, according to the hackers. Mm-hmm. There's more coming. All right. And part of the data theft was a source code for Twitch. Yep. Like we're talking a lot of stuff now. 
I will say this. I'm, I'm going to read a uh, press release by Twitch, the newest one that I could find. Mm-hmm. Tyler will make me look bad because you'll probably say, oh, they have a new one that came nope, out probably not. two hours ago. I don't have this one. Okay, so we have learned that some data was exposed to the internet due to an error in the Twitch server configuration change that was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. Our teams are working with urgency to investigate the incident. All right, it goes on to say, as the investigation is ongoing, we are still in the process of understanding the impact in detail. We understand that the situation raises concerns and we want to address some of those while our investigation continues. That was a horrible paragraph. At this time, we have no indication that login credentials have been exposed. We are continuing to investigate. Additionally, full credit card numbers are not stored by Twitch. So full credit card numbers were not exposed. Now that's all meant to make us feel good as consumers, but it would behoove me to not put on my tech hat as I work in the IT industry and tell you to go out and change your passwords. All right, especially if you're using a similar password across multiple platforms. I get it, we're human humans and we do these types of mistakes, but if you're hooked up to Twitch with your financial information, the Twitch data was you know, actually stolen and they understand how it's communicating. So these things are no longer guaranteed confidential in in that in that sense so if your bank account is hooked up for these deposits then you really need to start looking at that and secondly i would not trust any company especially this early in an investigation of a breach to actually have real data on what was taken because we've seen this with nintendo and other companies in the past where their initial reaction is nothing was taken and then once it gets out of the news cycle and the, they mitigate the actual damage that's going to happen to their stock price, then what starts happening is you get disclosure after disclosure about what was actually taken months later mm-hmm. and how bad the data breach actually was. And the companies are not compelled to react at all. You said so, it. <laughs> it's garbage, right? Like this again, back to our theme with Facebook about enforcement and trying to actually get accountability from these companies. Whereas they just do the sidestep, the Shufflebergs, the, the Zuckerberg sidestep that we talked about, right? Where they're like, you know, well, we're investigating and yeah. we're trying to understand and the investigation continues. That was the whole second paragraph was two sentences back to back about how they're investigating. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. That's a brutal, brutal thing. I'm sorry. I'm enjoying the fact that a lot of what you've suggested, Tyler, is actually demonstrated clearly in this statement. Yep. That's unbelievable. Well, do you have anything to add, Tyler? No. This is where I'm at. Yeah. Well, everybody, I think I think it's going to be an interesting couple weeks as far as maybe some of the repercussions from these events, we just wanted to bring you an episode to talk about them and to hype up the fact that we are getting more regular in our programming. We will be anticipating a busy holiday season, uh, both in the video game world and probably there's some content coming out soon too in the Star Wars universe and other streaming platforms that looks like it was right in our wheelhouse such as Sandman on Netflix coming up soon and uh, Cowboy Bebop live action on Netflix. Mm. And uh, yeah, so stick with us. Enjoy the show. I hope you I hope you had a good time. And uh, we're always looking for your feedback too. So if you're looking to find us on the internet, you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe being uh, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. So be sure that you take the time to subscribe and leave a rate and review if your platform allows it and tell a friend about our show. We would be more than happy to bring them along. 
And that, I'm just going to say it's been a pleasure again, Tyler, making an episode with you. It's been a pleasure being with our audience. And you're listening to the It's Canaan Podcast, the podcast where we talk about pop culture, the podcast where we talk about social media, the podcast where we talk about comic books, geek, Star Wars, Lego. See, I get to choose because I'm the guy on the mic. So I'm just going to say, what's the best part about all of this, Tyler? It's all in canon. That's right, baby. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>